coming up this week on Telling the Odds, Ewan McGregor's getting swole for the Kenobi series. We have a release date for The Bad Batch. And has 2019 Aladdin's Mena Masood been cast as Ezra Bridger? What time is it, 3PO? It is time for Telling the Odds. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Telling the Odds. We are back for our third episode for 2021? Third episode of our yes. second season. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, already losing track of it. Yeah, second second season. Yeah, part two. Sounds good. Yeah, no, it's cool second because it, when, I, when I'm, you know, inputting, you know, all the stuff to publish the episode, it allows you to, you know, actually put seasons and episodes in that season oh. on the episode itself. So this is technically wow. season two, episode three. Yes, Michael, you're a bang on the money I there. Fancy uh, Sunday, the 28th <laughs> of February, we're coming to you at the last day of the month and the very last day of summer if you're in Australia like us. Uh, actually, yes. oh, well, yeah, it is the last day, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, welcome back, guys. I hope you've all had a nice week. I hope you enjoyed our episode uh, last week. I think we had some pretty cool and, uh, at the same time, succinct discussion about what could happen if Ryan Johnson comes back to Star Wars. Cause we clearly... really did pull a conversation out of a single piece of news. So Yes, we did. And we hope to do the exact same thing this week. Um, because, <laughs> yeah. there, there aren't, because none of the topics that we've got lined up are real talking points. But uh, if, they are <laughs> here, if they're here on this podcast to be discussed, uh, they very quickly become... Uh, talking point mainly mm. just because they create like really weird tangents that Michael and I refuse yeah. to shut up about. So why don't mm. why not when when the but, when the news is thin, we'll be sure to stretch it out as as much as we can to fill an episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, let's start out with again. Ju- uh, we're going to create an entire discussion over one photograph. Uh, yes. It's, it's uh, simply the fact that you and McGregor, Obi Wan Kenobi himself, has taken to social um, media um, and whoa. is. Oh, he's getting swole, Michael. He's getting swole. Um, Get uh, for the for the Kenobi series, he's working out. Uh, great to see. Clearly, there's going to be some. Um, there's going to be there's going to be some uh, physically tiresome stuff that he's going to have to do in this show. Yep. Like, I want to see the old man Ewan McGregor, but like closer to Alec Guinness, just be ripped, just in the desert, yeah. like That's getting grey hoping... hair, but just be ripped as hell. Exactly. That's what I'm hoping to see. Is that I'm hoping to see like. Basically, how not very different to how Obi Wan looked in Revenge of the Sith, but maybe with like Mister Fantastic Reed Richards' white streaks at the sides of his ears, <laughs> yeah. uh, like above his ears, like you know, sh- clearly showing that he is getting a little aging bit older. Aging like fine wine. You see. Aging That's like fine wine, exactly. But no, I totally agree. Let's just see him in like a Junlin Wastes cave doing rip curls, like <laughs> up on up on the roof. Sit ups from the roof of the of the cave. <laughs> just... Yeah. <laughs> He's doing one one chin up for every limb he hacked off in the Clone Wars, so that's a lot. Um, he'll be there for a while. Yeah, exactly. He'll be Did there for a while. Droids count? Goodness. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Because <laughs> he's gonna be there for a long time. He'll, he'll be there for a long time. No wonder this movie set this uh, show set ten years. He's been doing it. <laughs> it's for just that a workout long. video. You work yeah. out with Obi Wan. Yeah, the uh, no, fitness uh, instruction video. Even yeah. these <laughs> kinds of photos that have absolutely no relevance to the show itself get me excited because we are uh, because every mm. day we come closer and closer to this show. It's no secret that it is the most anticipated show out of 
all the shows that we have coming down the pipeline, not just for us, but for a lot of people. Like every time I see it, not every time I see any of those like Instagram top tens, like most anticipated Star Wars series, I'm yet to find one that doesn't have Kenobi at the top. Um, Mm. Because there's, because the sky is really the limit as to what is going to be uh, the subject matter of this, of this series. Um, And I can only assume that the reason he's getting so swole is because they've already teased this, (laughs) <laughs> uh, rematch, quote unquote, rematch between uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, uh, which is yeah. interesting uh, because we—I mean—we talked rematch, about this when we wait. So, what was there any extra news? Because I know we we said that he was announced to be in the show, but is there anything extra that like hints to this rematch? Or well, no, this was this was uh, hinted on, if not full flat flat out discussed uh, at that Investors Day uh, thing where oh, all yes. of these shows were announced. They said that we were going to get a. Um, it's going to be the rematch of a lifetime, they said, uh, for between mm. Ewan and Hayden, um, which is interesting because we did already talk about the fact that they can't meet until the Death Star. Um, yeah, they. So, <laughs> well, to be fair, he does say, "I haven't. I have felt. I've, there's a presence I haven't felt in a long time." But he also he says, say, "He also says, when I left you, I was but the learner. Uh, now I'm the master." So that's true. Yeah, you yeah. really can't get away with it. It's, it's like. Even if you were trying to go on technicalities, like what they do with like R2 and like other things, where it's like, ah, you know, he doesn't directly say, like, it's just not in the spirit. Like, you really don't want to just rewrite it. So like, oh, you know, they met like a week earlier or something. Yeah, I know. Well, I've I've heard, you know, some theories and, you know, hear me out, is that uh, uh, essentially this rematch of sorts is going to take place in a sort of, uh, to quote Yoda, uh, netherworld of the Force in which... uh, both Darth Vader, Anakin, and Obi-Wan Kenobi mm. are sort of using this, um, uh, like, you know, uh, a very similar ability to how Luke conjured himself to Crate in Last Jedi. Like, their right. fight, their fight essentially takes place not in the physical, but sort of mystical realm, where maybe, um, maybe yep. uh, Darth Vader is trying to locate Obi-Wan Kenobi and say, and like, hypothetically, if a Darth Vader were to win this fight, it would reveal Obi-Wan's location. Like, you know how Kylo Ren with the whole Ray thing said, can you see my surroundings? I can't see yours. Like it might be a very similar thing between them is that, um, maybe Obi-Wan can see uh, Vader's surroundings, but Vader can't see his. And this fight is, uh, Vader's attempt to try and locate where he is in this case, uh, that of course being Tatooine. Um, and as soon as I heard that, um, theory, I was like, Hells yes, give me that. Like, I'd love to see that. Definitely. Um, I think personally, I'd love to experience more like aspects of the Force and the way that Obi Wan kind of like learns about it and like grows in it over his time on yeah. Tatooine. Because, not not saying there's nothing you can do, but like there's you, there's really not too much you can do in like the actual like world that Obi Wan does, considering he's very likely locked to Tatooine. Like, if he leaves at Tatooine, they're like, you have to, like, explain that away. And, like, there's only so much you can do on Tatooine. But, like, in terms of him, like, exploring the Force, whether that be connecting to, like, uh, becoming a Force ghost with uh, Qui-Gon or, like, more metaphysical battles with, like, Anakin or whatnot, I think that's a great avenue that the show could explore that I, I would really like. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that, that's really the word I was looking for when I was saying mystical and ethereal. Metaphysical is a great way of putting it. You know, this, this is a sort of metaphysical rematch between the two is something that I would really love to see. Um, and there's just so many things, you know, that we've already gotten, uh, you know, news-wise from the show or rumor-wise, however you'd like to interpret it, that could lead you down a whole different uh, avenue as, as to what the show could be about. Like, do you remember, this was a while ago, we, um, we heard the rumor and talked about it a little that Kenobi was putting out a casting call for two young children and everyone immediately thought oh shit oh, yes, Luke and Leia um, 
but you, you're right. He can't leave Tatooine. I mean, okay, okay, look. He, not that he can't. It's just that it would be against his whole mission. I will take the child and watch over him if he were to leave. Um, so this I whole... think it could be. An... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Do you want to? No, no, no. Keep going. I was pretty much done. I was, <laughs> I was saying, with in regards to that, when we first brought it up, we were kind of like, well, yeah, it, it, that seems most likely who they'd be hiring. But like, on what sense? Because he can't really visit Leia unless Leia visits him. It, it wouldn't make much sense because yeah. if, if she only found about him through there. But like, definitely a hundred percent, it would make sense to have Luke in the show. I think that'd be a great opportunity. But also, if we are exploring this idea of, of like, uh, if they are, if they were exploring this idea of Obi Wan like exploring the galaxy metaphysically, like through force projection or whatever the idea is, he could easily have like. Uh, check in on Leia or, or something along those lines in which we could see potentially yeah. Alderaan or Leia with like Bail Organa at a younger age in which that could per- perceivably be the uh, reason for the young casting or things like that. So I don't yeah. think it's out of the realm of possibility that we'll see younger versions of Luke and Leia. I just think, yeah, it would be, just be a bit strange if they were to meet in person. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking if they're casting two kids, like for all we know, this could be like Luke and Biggs, you know, or Luke it could and always just be two, and, yeah, it could always just be two random kids that like Obi Wan saves, but you know, exactly because he's there for nineteen years. Like you know, though his mm. overall mission is to look after Luke Skywalker, it's it's uh, highly probable that he did a lot of other things, um, mm. not just related to protecting uh, Anakin Skywalker's son. Um, I, I would love to maybe in like a in the final episode of this uh, of this season or this series, given that it's going to be a limited series. Um, Maybe then we see a little bit of a young Luke Skywalker, but I, I would honestly just make really love uh, for this show to focus primarily on Obi Wan Kenobi. We know that Luke is there, all right. So we don't. I, I don't feel like I would want to see him all the time or to have him be constantly referenced because we know he's there and he know and we know that is the part about um, Obi Wan's. Um, isolation on Tatooine that we do know about like you know I want to see things Mm. that we had no idea of that is going to add an entirely different dimension to why he acts the way he does in A New Hope you know like uh, that's the best part about uh, about um uh take the Mandalorian uh, and you know the fact that Luke was in it um now that we have that I look at the sequel trilogy Luke like you know the one in Last Jedi and I think you know what about 20 years ago that guy that guy stormed a cruiser and saved a little baby Yoda. Um, so I would love to, you know, in like a few years time, we'll be watching the original Star Wars and looking at Alec Guinness and saying, you know what, about 10 years ago, he was doing this and this. Like, you know, it, it just adds a whole different layer because of the stuff we don't know about the guy. Um, because there is so much mm. we don't know about him, hence the series yeah. even being made. That's, that's just why we're so excited to explore about this character because yeah we've got a lot of everyone's story like pre um a new hope like in terms of the clone wars or him at this time as a padawan and whatnot but like yeah there's 19 years in which like he's alone basically alone on a planet like only with himself and his thoughts and the force like i yeah it's, it's such an interesting way to experience how this man like thinks how he changes over time to become who we see him as him in alec guinness like he's not a hundred percent different but it's clear that he's like an older man and like the as we say the uh tatooine sons really age you as in 19 years he like doubles in age or whatever it is yeah it's 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 it, it is quite extraordinary that obi-wan kenobi is my favorite character in star wars and yet he is probably the character with the biggest gap in his chronology out of many uh, out of most of the main characters you know obi-wan kenobi has 19 years of of life that we just don't know anything about um, you know, other than the comics and stuff, which aren't canon anymore. Uh, so 
yeah, that's that, guys. Uh, that is um, a quick and easy discussion about the Kenobi series, purely based on one single <laughs> photograph. See, we did it. We did yeah. it already. I forgot um, that this started for him, like saying, "Yeah, I'm buff." Yeah. Oh, you know what? I also saw another. Th- I, I also saw another, like you know, kind of interesting thing that I hadn't thought about yet. Is um, yep. and this sort of, I guess, links back to the idea that they're casting children. Is what mm. if Obi Wan um, was looking for the children from? Uh, the the gathering arc in Clone Wars, um, <laughs> which would be Gunji. Oh, oh god, if we saw Gunji in live action, that'd be because so yeah, cool. they Wookiees age really slow. So like, what is it? It's ten years after the Clone Wars, well, like he'd only be like like four equivalent human years earlier. Because like Chewbacca is like two hundred years or whatever. So like you yeah. know, we could still see a young Gunji <laughs> hire a child to play the uh, Wookiee. Who knows? Well, that's the thing is that <laughs> maybe, we don't actually maybe we don't actually be a bit fetched. I know. Well, that the thing that might be a little bit rough edge to consider is they're younglings, and we all know how Order sixty six ended for the younglings. You know, oh. did those? Did all those younglings die? <laughs> did Gunji die? Did Anakin kill Gunji? I don't uh, want to think about it, Jack. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. I got to check Wikipedia to see if there's a die date for Gunji. Did Gunji? Did Gunji? Uh, unfortunately, not make it. That would be I'm- unfortunate. I love that all we care about is Gunji. We don't care about Petro or um, Katini I mean, or any of the other guys. I mean, those arcs the weren't the greatest. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the characters. Some of them are kind of annoying. But, uh, Gunji's uh, or, um, number one. Or, or, or Biff, the... Uh, if, the um, <laughs> The what's oh god, what's their species name? So like, you Ithorian? bothered to learn their names. I, I, could, I didn't get that far. Is it, I only is, know the best uh, one. It's uh, he's an Athorian, isn't he? He's a, yeah, that's the name. Uh, uh, yes, there's an Athorian, there's a human, there's a Wookiee, there's uh, the one that Adi Gadala's species yeah, there's is. A, there's a Rodian. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh yeah. And there's a is there's that, a Nautilus. Oh yeah, there's there a is. Because yeah. that because Zat is a Kitfisto species. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so exa- again, we don't know if they actually lived. And to answer my own question, there is no died date for Gunji, so we don't know if he made it out of Order sixty six alive. Oh, um, there's still an opportunity. That that's yeah, the real exactly. thing. Like out of out of everything that people are like, oh, the next Star Wars, I want to see Ezra. I want to see like Ahsoka or Thrawn. No, no, no. The real answer: we want to see Gunji come back and and get some revenge against the Empire because hell yeah, he's mainly just show because. Yeah, mainly just because, and I talked about this in our very first episode last year, uh, the design of Gunji's lightsaber is my favorite lightsaber design in all of Star yeah, Wars. That awesome, sleek, wooden look. It's, oh, it's so freaking mm. beautiful. Uh, so that's that, guys. That is our uh, first opening discussion about Kenobi and where it could lead. Uh, so let's get into our second bit of news that is a little bit more concrete. Again, not huge, but we'll find a way to make a discussion out of it. We finally have a release date, a proper release date for the Bad Batch series, or as most people are calling it, Clone Wars Season 8. Um, yeah, no, basically. Not really. um, yeah. I mean, fundamentally, it pretty much is. The yeah, Clone exactly. Wars was always generally based around the 501st. This just generally changes it to the Bad Batch, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, yes, we do have a release date for the Bad Batch, and wouldn't you know it, it's going to be released on May the 4th, Star Wars Day, uh, which mm. um, seems very fitting. Obviously, for us in Australia, that'll be May 5th, but it doesn't make a difference. Uh, so, yeah, we have we have a release date for Bad Batch. Um, awesome. It's going to come out around my birthday. It's going to come out near your birthday too, Michael. Yeah. Uh, which probably means that we'll be getting episodes around the time that our birthdays uh, happen, which Should is be awesome because yeah. any Star Wars related stuff uh, is is welcome. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this series. Man, uh, we got that uh, way better and more uh, intricate 
uh, trailer for from that Investors Day mm. uh, thing where all the shows were announced, and it looks to me like there's going to be a lot of uh, a, a lot of fun stuff because there are those um oh god not shock troopers um those. The, the, those different kinds of stormtroopers there I wouldn't seen before. Those like grayish, uh, I mean, those um, grayish armored. Co- uh, st- Were they in the trailer? Yeah, yeah. With they had green visors, but I can't remember their actual name. Dark troopers? No, hang on. No, I'll, I'll it wasn't it dark troopers. It was, it was, it was oh. something, but I can't remember. Um, but anyway, they they looked awesome. Um, I imagine that they would be either the you know the clone legion that is specifically ta- um, tasked with either hunting down Jedi or hunting down rogue clones who didn't obey Order sixty six, which is an interesting yeah. thought because clearly based on the trailer, the Bad Batch did not obey Order sixty six, which is something that we discussed from the moment the Bad Batch series came out because their uh, essentially their um their their mutated qualities Effect. and their quote-unquote yeah, defects, they don't... yeah, uh, essentially... Well, in, their, um, in their views, and that's why they probably wouldn't... Did, did they even have the chips in them, or...? Well, that's the thing. We'll, we'll get an answer in the show, uh, uh, you know, presumably. True, yeah. um, but I would like to think that their defects essentially negated the effectiveness of the chips. Like, you know, um, or, or, or you're right, maybe they weren't implanted at all. Who knows? Um, maybe. Because, yeah, with 90 of 9, it? Yeah, I mean, well, Clone Wars Season 6 uh, told us that the chips were implanted in clones when they were still fetuses so yeah, um that's so, true and uh, so they wouldn't have known about the defects at that point so they exactly, probably would have so, had them in them i i reckon especially if they had contact with like rex or any of them who will have like removed it i feel like maybe not beforehand but certainly they would have removed their chips i think so yeah well you know what that's another thing is um i remember the very first piece of news that we got about the bad batch when it didn't even have a title yet all we heard was that a new animated series is in the works focused entirely on the clones. Um, I We discussed it a little while ago that there was news yep. that um, both ca- that Captain Rex was going to return, Commander Cody was going to return. And back then, mm. I thought it was going to be a show entirely about how Rex met up with, say, Wolf and Gregor and how he managed to remove their chips and how they got to where we find them in uh, early season two of, of Rebels, how they get to that mm. awesome ATTE caravan uh, thing that they're driving in that show yeah. um, but it seems to me that this show is going to be focused primarily on the Bad Batch and maybe characters like Rex yeah. and Cody that we've seen already will take a back seat I would really like to see Cody as an Imperial though because that's something we mm. haven't seen at all um, well, the only thing yeah, that we've gotten th- oh, sorry, yeah go. go ahead no you go I think it's such a such an interesting thing that I would love to explore is we kind of saw this a bit with the end of season uh, 7 of the Clone Wars was the the Soka one uh, yeah yeah yeah, um, where basically the, the chips that took over them didn't just, like, t- tell them to, like, hunt the Jedi. They basically, like, corrupted the entire way that they think for, like, a number of years, as shown in, like, the Kanan com- comic. So it'd be such an interesting thing to show, like, the difference between Cody and, like, and the other clones, like, Rex and all of them, like, once they're, like, are uh, and being indoctrinated by like the chip and just controlling their entire way of thinking and making them like completely loyal to the empire and like these clones who were loyal to the previous way they saw the republic i think you could get such an interesting like thing out of that i think so something that you brought up regarding cody is a very interesting thought it's that um you know how does clone wars cody differ from brainwashed imperial cody and the only yeah. thing that we have um, you know, back, uh, you know, um, what's the word, uh, backstory wise, I suppose, is stuff that was elaborated on in decanonized comics and stuff like that. Because, um, before all that stuff was, you know, uh, decanonized it, um, I'm pretty sure there were 
entire comic line mm. based around uh, Cody's experiences in the early years of the of the Empire and how he was yeah yeah and how we and how he was really just appalled and upset by the um, level of um, training and incompetency in the stormtroopers and and how he was essentially used to much better conditions and much better soldiers when he was uh, part of the Clone Wars. I'm just, I'm just really excited about this series because, like, it should be really fun. And it's got such an all-star cast. I mean, you've got Dee Bradley Baker as Hunter and Dee Bradley Baker as Wrecker. And also you've got Dee Bradley Baker as Crosshair. <laughs> but, like, also you've got Dee Bradley Baker as Tech. But also Dee Bradley Baker is also playing Echo. And, I mean, hopefully we could also get Dee Bradley Baker coming in to play, like, uh, Rex or even maybe Dee Bradley Baker as Cody. Like, it's such an all-star cast. I love it. <laughs> oh god. It's like Umbara. Umbara was like a one man show for D Bradley Baker. Yeah. Like like yeah. the fact that we're, that essentially mm. we're getting a show that is completely based around the clones with like you know Clone Wars had the Jedi. The Bad Batch doesn't have any uh, I mean uh, presumably it'll uh, it won't have many Jedi cuz so many of them are dead. Um uh yeah, I guess unless they're hunting them. So Yeah, you know, the Bad Batch uh will focus on the clones and essentially it'll create just god <laughs> D. Bradley Baker is just gonna have so much fun in the in the booth. Um, uh, so you know, some yep. something that I love, and I, you know, it's on like the Clone Wars trivia page and stuff like that. Is I love how much um, depth and individuality uh, D. Bradley ba- uh, D. Bradley Baker brought to the clones because um, he is even oh, talking exactly. about this in interviews. Is that he would give different intonation and more gruffness in the voice given, uh, you know, depending on which clone he was voicing at the time. Like, you know, Rex is more um, yeah. is more battle-hard, and so he has more of a gruff uh, sense of talking. But then yeah. someone like... Um, I mean, the fact that you can tell the personalities and the differences between, like, each of the clones, whenever, like, there's just, like, five of them talking together, from just one actor performing all of them, it's, like, such a stellar performance. Like, it, it's one of the reasons why people love Clone Wars so much is the clones and the personality from each of them. It, like, it humanizes this, these clones which are originally just kind of like mindless warriors in the prequel films and so like D. Bradley Baker is like 100% like partly res- like responsible for that so. yeah you, you know it's like I was saying like you know when, when Rex uh, when he voices Rex he's got like a gruff uh, uh, like battle hardened mm. like you know intonation to it which is clearly clearly like you know audible when you hear Rex speak but then you know think back to the Ombara arc when you heard someone like Hardcase speak you know he's more fun loving and reckless and stuff like that so he so he was um, uh, his voice was slightly more high pitched you know it's just because he hasn't had the like yep. constant day in and day out war zone uh, life <laughs> and that, the, that, that uh, Rex the, has. The one, uh, one clone he plays, it just goes crazy. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he um, just, he's allowed to just do all the performances. Great. Yeah, no, Which it's clones, yeah, so and. I, on the trivia page, you'll read it. Is that uh, most of the time uh, early on in in the making of the show, D. Bradley Breaker would essentially, you know, record all of Rex's lines, and then sort of reset, take a break or whatever, and then do the next clone's lines and do whatever, and then he would just do it until the the um, recording was complete. But by the time that seasons uh, seasons five, six, and seven rolled around, um, he said that he was able to uh, record, like you know, say a line as Rex, and then immediately change to the person that Rex was talking to in that scene, like you know. Uh, 
for instance, mm. when uh, Rex and Echo are speaking in the first arc of the Bad Batch, sorry, uh, the first arc of season seven, like he was going, he was be able, he was able to immediately go from uh, clone Rex to clone Echo, and then to clone Hunter and stuff like that. And that's something that just makes D. Bradley Breaker so freaking talented and Emmy worthy in yep. every single episode of the Clone Wars, uh, especially the ones you know that happen later. Um, but mm. yeah, no, I'm super. Yeah, I still think like his performance is 99 in like the uh, the one where they invade Kashyyyk. Is, oh, like, one yes. of the best it's so episodes. Because like... you can oh, you can you exactly. can absolutely hear D. Bradley Breaker in 99's voice, but there's something so different about it that is mm. that that makes 99 uh, the amazing character that he was, the person who was so different, but in all the best ways. Like uh, so, oh, like obviously when you look at him, 99 is completely different to everyone else. But uh, there are so many good mm. ways in which he was different, and that's because of D. Bradley Breaker and the very distinct performance he gave to every single one of the clones. Um, <laughs> I love how we, we turned it, a joke I made about the fact that it's like voiced by one dude into like a, a praising of the way he voices the clones. Well, you bring up D. Bradley Breaker, it has it had just has to be discussed. It really has to be discussed. It had um, to be discussed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that, guys. Bad Batch is on its way for for for. And um, we are very excited. Yeah, for May fourth because like you know that trailer gave us so many cool, awesome new things. Like you know, Echo's getting a new black and red suit uh, to fit in with the Bad Batch. Uh, Fennec Shan is going to be in it which is awesome um, mm, yes. I'd be excited to see if Ming-Na Wen actually does the voice acting for the animated version uh, which would be awesome we're going to get I feel like so at this point if, if she's like tied to Disney in terms of like she's coming back for uh, Mandalorian or, or probably, actually no it wouldn't be Mandalorian it would be Boba Fett uh, yeah. what's it called Book of Boba Fett like she's probably going to be working there I wouldn't be surprised if they brought her in just to do a couple of lines for the yeah Boba you're Fett. right uh, you know, we're going to get Tarkin. We saw a, a quick shot of a Zygerian who were, who were featured in Clone Wars Season 4. We're going we're going back to that planet. That's kind of cool. Uh, Braca. We mm. saw Braca from Jedi Fallen Order, which, you know, I've played that game and I love that level. And Braca's an awesome planet because it's where mm. all the Veneta Republic cruisers are being dismantled, which seems very fitting, uh, seems a very fitting setting for a show like The Bad Batch because it's really going to focus on um, the aftermath and the, the falling out of the Republic and it's uh, slow but sure ascension to the uh to what it becomes in the empire uh and yeah that's it guys bad batch is coming out on may 4th and um any news yes. that comes our way regarding the show we'll be sure to uh talk about because we're very excited and we'll take all the we Star Wars news we can get that's like the next star wars thing releasing so it's the thing that we'll be like hyping up towards as it arrives yes so that's very keep true out for that. uh because yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just bad batch and uh book of boba fett coming out this way uh, coming out this year uh it would have been um yep. Other stuff as well, but yeah, that's not happening anymore. <laughs> Thanks, COVID. Uh, anyway, let's get into the next. Uh, what what else? What did it be? I think. Uh, I th- uh, wait. Which one? I mean, I think there was very like this was very early on talks that we were going to get Kenobi towards the end of uh, the end of this year. Um, oh. but that was like quite a while ago Maybe. now before it was pushed back and, and yeah, you know, there was there were it would have been a while ago because exactly, yeah, there were rewrites and stuff yeah. and all that crap that mm. made it push back. But yeah, that's beside the point. Anyway, uh, let's yeah. get into what is essentially going to become our main discussion for the day. Um, yeah, main topic, and it's good because we're only twenty seven minutes in, so we'll be able to have a good discussion about lightning this. news rounds today. Exactly, quick, quick news. Quick news is back. <laughs> uh, I, get to, I get to click quick news. Yeah. So, uh, guys. So our main discussion this week has all has to do with a certain Rebels character named Ezra Bridger, uh, and who he might be played by in live action. And uh, again, this is not confirmed, but there have been widespread rumors uh, this 
week. It's been reported on by a couple of different sites, so it gives us uh, a, a worthy enough reason to talk about it. Uh, I'm not sure how many people have seen 2019's Aladdin, uh, directed by Guy Ritchie, the one with uh, the Will Smith genie. Uh, but the guy who played Aladdin, uh, Mena Masood is his name. Uh, Mina Masood, I'm not sure how you pronounce his first name, um, you know, exactly, but you know, uh, Mina Masood mm. has, is, uh, reportedly in talks to portray Ezra Bridger in, um, in live action. Like, and I say live action because we're not sure if that's going to mean an Ezra Bridger series, or maybe he was going to show up in the Ahsoka series, which I believe is the prevailing theory. Um, but yeah, let's talk yes. about this, Michael. Uh, not only do we have, are we going to get Ezra in live action probably but we also have a, a proper name attached to him now um, first of all I think that it's a good choice mainly for uh, just based off of looks alone like this guy looks like a live action version of Ezra I just, so I just searched up like image of him because I haven't actually seen Aladdin so I don't know performance wise but certainly in, in initial appearance like 100% this like looks like an older Ezra Bridger like a number of years on like maybe he's like because he's been uh, what's it called in the unknown regions for how long? Like, I think this would actually be a great perform uh casting choice. I'm not, yeah, as I was saying, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know about whether performance wise, but like, you know, Ezra is not necessarily like an incredibly complex character that you would like need a, a ma masterful actor to perform. Although, like, it's always good to have a good actor, but I, I definitely think, in terms of like, I really like it when you're able to, uh, what's the word? translate an animated character into like uh, three dimensions really faithfully like i personally really like the casting of uh forest whitaker for um what was this yeah yeah so guerrera so, uh and and also of course um soka with uh with um rosario <laughs> planking on everything today <laughs> um yeah rosario Dawson. uh and so i think in terms of visuals and like trying to translate the character that first showed off in animated form definitely i think it's a great choice yeah uh yeah no i so i have seen aladdin and uh mina masood i thought was fine i thought he was fine in the movie um i i don't actually put a lot of blame on him specifically mainly just because i didn't think the movie itself was very good and i don't think he was given the right. best of stuff to work with um but if you put a guy like this uh, in a in a Star Wars project and Star Wars projects uh, nowadays with people like John Favreau and Dave Filoni, Deborah Chow, there are clearly very talented people involved. Like the scripts for Mandalorian are always very complex and very well done. Like you know, if he's given that sort of material to work with, I think that he would do a, a really really stellar job. Um, because there were parts mm. of his um, uh, performance in Aladdin that I liked, but again, I just thought he was saddled with a lot of crap <laughs> in that movie. Right. Um, yeah. So th there there's were... only so much you can do when like the things around you just aren't leading to a good performance like it's the same thing we think with hayden christensen like hayden christensen is even though some people used to think so i we don't think hayden christensen is the problem with the scenes with him and in, in the prequels and no, no and uh, so like certainly seeing him back would like be good opportunities to like work with what in our opinion would be better material and so yeah if this is an opportunity to like get to see a side of the actor that like or a performance of the actor that we wouldn't have seen the, uh, before then i think that that's be great yeah yeah you know what it's a, it's a good comparison michael because uh yeah you're right all that all the acting that you get from hayden christensen is exactly how george directed him and it's what he wanted so um you know i've seen behind the scenes of hayden christensen just acting as how he would have acted before george steps in and tells him to do it his way and the way he does it the first time is really good and a lot of a really a big part of me wishes we could have seen that kind of acting from him, but you know, 
George... like, yes, do it again, but do it worse the way I want you to do it. Yeah, well, you know, George will be George. Uh, it's it's his movie. Um, but no, I, I agree, is that I think that um, Mina Masood would would benefit from um, a better script, which hopefully is what the Ahsoka series, uh, you know, could give him, uh, especially because he wouldn't have to do any bloody singing this time. Um <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if. What do you mean? You're just saying you don't want to. Whatever series he appears in, um, most likely uh, would be the Ahsoka series, I assume, to just be a musical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be great if Ahsoka finds uh, Ezra, and then he's just, and then he just walks off by himself and starts singing "Riff Raff Street Rat." <laughs> street Rat. I don't buy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Keep yeah, going. Keep going. Amazing. Um. No, <laughs> uh, that's, that's that's not for this episode. That's for the Telling the Odds 130th special, I don't know why I chose that number, musical episode. It's kind of a weird <laughs> comparison because when you think about it and you, when you think about Ezra when you first meet him on Lothal in the, in the first episode of Rebels, he kind of is like Aladdin. He's a street rat that's looking for food. <laughs> so, it's, so, so it's very, um, uh, you know, fitting that the guy who played Aladdin would play Ezra. Um yeah, yeah, so, I mean, look, let's get into the actual fundamentals of the idea of seeing Ezra back. Um, and the reason we, you know, mainly just stick to the idea that he'll show up in the Ahsoka series is because, well, I think it's a safe bet to say that Ahsoka is looking for both uh, Thrawn and Ezra because that's set up for her show that happened in The Mandalorian mm-hmm. when she says, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? I can only assume um, that, you know, she's looking for Thrawn and Ezra because, you know, Thrawn and Ezra were together when they hypersped away from Lothal at the end of Rebels. Um, so essentially yeah. she's looking for Thrawn, Ezra, and a whole bunch of Pergil. Um, so yeah, yeah th- those, the space whales, the hyperspace whales. Um, exactly. Oh, sorry. I was saying I'm definitely the chance, like talking about like as an actor, yeah, I think it's a great, uh, great casting, interesting experience to come on, especially with as, having Ezra back. But I think yeah. in the general context of it, we, I briefly touched on it, but like the, show or like medium in which we would like to see Ezra back I think definitely both leaning towards would be the Ahsoka series because Ahsoka is clearly looking for Thrawn and the reason would be presumably that she's looking for Thrawn to find Ezra because that's where they were last seen together and so I think that's great but that we're continuing this arc because one thing I loved about Rebels was Rebels was able to pick up a bunch of arcs from the Clone Wars that were like kind of never finished, kind of dropped off, that were able to like bring back up and give a conclusive ending in some ways. And and I guess some of that was also picked up in the last season of the Clone Wars. But uh, Rebels also had some like arcs which weren't really finished or had to be dropped off because it was kind of like finished and whatnot. And so... One of that being like Ezra, just kind of his disappearance and just kind of being left open-ended of where he went, what what uh, what Ahsoka and Sabine did and where it was thrown. And so I think definitely the fact that we're getting a show to be able to continue this, I don't know if this is um, being led by Dave Filoni. I would have to assume so if it's his... I mean, it's his character. Do we know if he's attached to the Ahsoka show? There's really no, been no details regarding that. But if it's an Ahsoka show, right. I think that Dave Filoni is the only person to do it. It's his character. Right. You... You would have to think so. And yeah. so in that sense, I think I would love, I love the fact that we can c- keep exploring these characters that like at first it was a little slow to get used to, but like in Rebels, by the end of it, I got so attached to the Rebels cast. And the fact that we could see potentially like any of them come back for a live action appearance would be so exciting. Like presumably if we're getting Ezra, it would be very likely that we would get Sabine as Rel and possibly even uh, a Hera cameo. Do, do we know what happened to Zed? Zeb? What happened? Did well, he? he sort of uh, he went with uh, Callus 
to new, um, oh crap, what's his planet called? Lasan. Yeah, yeah, because he's, yeah. he's a Lasat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they, he's they, yeah. um, he, they essentially went to I can't remember the exact name, but like New Lasan in that in that um ethereal space place mm. with the elders from his planet and Callus. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if that means we're going to get more of him. Like, okay, look, just because we got we're getting Ezra back doesn't mean I want to see everyone back. You know, like like you know, you're right. No. I, I want to see Sabine back reason. because like, it's, yeah, we don't want like uh, Governor. Uh, what's his name? Governor the guy Price? from Lothal. Like, not every character to show up. Uh sure. Well, I think she died actually. That's true. But like, no, we, like the like every random character from Rebels, we don't want them to show up. But yeah. I think ones that like the arc wasn't finished or would definitely enhance the characters and the arc that they're continuing in this show. I think that would be a great opportunity to see them back. Yeah, uh, I would say that you know, in in, a, in an Ahsoka show, I think it makes sense to have Ezra and Thorn, mm. and I think it makes sense to have Sabine because uh, she and Ahsoka were, were presumably were presumably looking for them together. I'm thinking maybe we, we I would like to see Hera in maybe the Rangers of the New Republic show. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but for, that's true. But in this certainly some form because like yeah. Hera has been referenced in like nearly everything post Rebels. Like once Rebels show was out and even even before the ending like confirming that she was like survived the 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 empire or whatever she's been hinted in like so many things across things set in the uh original trilogy era like she shows up in a short set after the battle of endor she shows up in like a couple of short set during the middle of it like a book and uh comic books and other stuff and so like she's part like, of the we haven't really had major squadrons yeah we haven't had really had major stories with her like in like in that and so i think to have like Hera like definitively like have it like she's she's there. It's very clear that in canon is confirmed she's there. But to have like stories set with like her continuing her adventures post everything we've seen with her in Rebels would be really exciting. Yeah. But yeah, that that's that's probably less attached to this Ahsoka show with like potentially with Ezra and whatnot. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, look, Hera is my favorite character from Rebels, and to see Vanessa Marshall, who oh, was sure. who was uh, Vanessa Marshall is Hera's uh, voice actress, is uh, and she yep. also did the motion capture for Hera in Star Wars Squadrons. To see her back in it in, in yeah. any way would be awesome would because be I know that she's a big fan of playing Hera. So, um, that yeah, that'd be that'd be it's awesome. It's interesting to see her when back. they work out with like characters that originally started out as animated like which ones they decide to get the voice actors to just play the original characters in the case of like um what's her name uh the mandalorian um i'm mind blanking on everything today for ahsoka a uh, bogatan oh. oh right yes um, katie sackoff yes yeah. uh, and ones where like they don't with like ahsoka with rosario dawson it's almost like i think with like the more major they are in the story the more they want like a big name actor to play like a major character but if they're more of like a minus story i more minor character in the story i think they generally just work with like the the voice actor and just bring them on screen yeah i i don't know i feel like that's kind of what we noticed like with the with saw Gerrera, like kind of a major role in rogue one replaced with like a major actor ahsoka kind of a major role in mandalorian plus getting her on tv show like they replaced yeah the i mean it, it completely depends on what kind of uh character you're trying to you're trying to portray because if you were if you wanted to bring uh you know very early days Clone Wars Ahsoka to live action then Ashley Eckstein would probably be your best bet because she actually does yeah. like just in the way she looks I reckon she could pull off a I mean younger, she's cosplayed her before I guess no, I bet you could good. pull off a younger Ahsoka really well with her but if you're trying to portray like a battle hardened like forty year old Ahsoka then Ashley Eckstein isn't the best choice physically obviously she is perfect in every way for the for, for the voice animation version of Ahsoka. 
Monica. Um, and that's and she's the only one that I will accept. But um, in the way that we were going to see her in The Mandalorian, I think Rosario Dawson was a really great way to go. But then, you're right, Michael, you have people like Katie Sackhoff or Bo-Katan, who not only voices the character, but in the way that she looks can really um, appropriately pull off the physical attributes of the character that she uh, you know, that she voiced. Um, and, you know, Star Wars Squadrons has shown that uh, Vanessa Marshall can do both. I'm not sure, um, you, you know, I, I'm actually blanking on uh, Sabine and Ezra's voice actors. I'm not entirely sure if, whether, uh, I'm not sure, of, you know, whether or not yeah. they look like their animated counterparts, but um, that's beside the point. Um, but it's an interesting yeah. you know, topic like, of discussion it's, to it's think about. Oh, so I would say with that, like, you can kind of get away with some of it. Like, uh, in terms of, whether they do so taylor gray is the one for ezra yeah he he really doesn't look anything like ezra uh, yeah. I, like it's not the worst you you could probably do it like you'd have to like if you gave him like the correct hair shape and like color and like things you could probably get away with it i'm, I'm not the i don't think it's as big of a problem with the change because i think in terms of the actor that they potentially have gotten with the, the um the aladdin actor i think it looks a lot more faithful to where ezra would be looking older uh-huh. especially because taylor uh, taylor gray is a lot more younger i think uh, it's not the worst casting for that uh as with sabine wren it's tia Surkar, i think her name is yeah um she's actually pretty good i think she could potentially play a sabine wren looking older yeah, I, I think, think so actually, too. that'd be pretty good casting it's almost it's a bit strange though if like half the cast comes back as their original voice actors and then half the cast is like new actors and whatnot <laughs> i don't know there's something strange about that uh, yeah, you know, you're right. Um, but yeah, uh, regarding Ezra specifically, I think that the idea that we're going to get him back is really exciting. And the idea that Mina Masu yeah. could be playing him in live action is, is, is great. I think that's a great idea. Um, because not only does he look like him, but I think that he could, um, uh, you know, you know, bring what maybe was missing in what we saw of him in Aladdin, uh, to a, mm. a and, and lend itself to a really stellar portrayal of, um, uh, a, a pretty interesting character, um, in, in this show. I mean, in Rebels, Ezra was never my favourite. He's, he's not even close to my favourite Star Wars character. Exactly. But I do want to see more of him. Um, because there's a, because yeah. we just have no idea what happened to him post Rebels. Um, and we haven't even talked about Thrawn yet. Like, you know, who's gonna, who's gonna play Thrawn and, you know, what, at what level we're gonna see him. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that casting is so much more important. Cause it is. I mean, maybe to me, but like I Thrawn is such an iconic character, like to, to get like a, a proper performance, to like get off the, like the gravitas that the, that the character would have and everything like that. Like that would be such a more significant thing. Like I don't really necessarily care who plays Ezra, not in the sense of like, I don't care about Ezra, but especially because he'd be, he was a lot younger, like seeing him a lot older, you could have a lot more like leniency with how you see the performance. Like it could go in many different directions, but Thrawn is pretty definitive about who he is. So like getting that performance down would be very important. Yeah. Well, I know for a fact, oh, okay, look, uh, in, in Rebels, for instance, uh, Thrawn is voiced by Lars Mikkelsen. Um, and Lars, yes. and I've seen Lars Mikkelsen and a couple of other things. Uh, he plays one of the uh, main villains in the later seasons of BBC's Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch. And I right. can say right now that that guy is perfect as far as the intimidation uh, intimidation factor mm. goes, and just portraying this, I uh, I'm uh, I'm better 
than all of you, and I know it, you know it, it's just out in the air. Um, and he, I think he could play a tactical genius really, really well, because it's essentially what he does in that show, in, yeah, in, in Sherlock. He it. plays just uh, all-round maniacal genius, and that's essentially what Thrawn is. Um, and it works great, because not only is he the voice actor for him, but I think that he has the physical attributes for him as well. And he's Mads Mikkelsen's brother, and Mads Mikkelsen is, is Galen Erso. Um, so... Not really, that's fun. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. Uh, a lot of people wanted Mads Mikkelsen for the for the physical attributes of Thrawn, but uh, at the same time, I think people forget that he's already an established Star Wars character. Um, <laughs> I would love if they just did that and just didn't address it. Yeah. And just, and just, just everyone would be like so confused, like what what, what what's uh, what's yeah. Galen Erso doing as like Thrawn? Yeah. I mean. Have they ever had the same live action person play two different characters? Because I know like Warriors has played two people, but whenever it's this human face, it's the same character. So I don't. I, I don't think. So. Ever has I don't think people. so. That would just completely stuff up the continuity, and you know how much Star Wars fans take that seriously. Uh, so mm. yeah, I don't think so. But uh, yeah, no, it's an interesting uh, thing to think about. Like you know, uh, of all the casting rumors that I want to be able to hear about and talk about, I want to I want to talk about the Thrawn ones because um, I think that Thrawn might be the most yep. uh, anticipated character for me to see in live action because you know we've got we've got oh, Ahsoka sure. and I'm super excited for her show, but the idea of seeing more Thrawn just gets me so excited. Like I love that character so much. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, that's that. That is our discussion of um, Ezra Bridger coming to live action and who might play him. Um, let me ask you a question, Michael, as far as the Ahsoka series yes. goes. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk as to whether or not we'll see uh, Luke Skywalker again, as to whether or not we'll see a Luke, <laughs> as to whether or not we'll see Luke Skywalker <laughs> in the Ahsoka series. Um, because okay. I would love, yep. I, I love the idea that Luke and Ahsoka meet and the discussions that they could yeah, have. That's like, true. You know, Luke, that would be great. Luke telling Ahsoka about how Anakin was in his final moments and, you know, the, the peace that that could bring Ahsoka knowing that Anakin eventually came back. Um, but what would you think mm. of seeing more of Luke as a character? Uh, I'd say one of two things. One, if we're going to get Luke again in anything, like, on top of what we got in Mandalorian, I think out of the shows they've announced, Ahsoka's not the worst. As you said, uh, it would be great to see Ahsoka and Luke meet. They would have, like, a lot to to talk about and to, like, it would be a good way to, like, complete uh, Ahsoka's arc with Anakin. 100% agree. But on the other hand, if we are to see Luke again, and especially if it's more in a more meaningful way than just a, like a five minute or less cameo, they really need to clean up the way that they portrayed him and trying to get him look young because I just, I just don't think it, it held up or looked right. Like it was, it was kind of goofy in like that five minute end bit for the show. If they had like a, like an episode or. I mean, even like a like a show with him in it, yeah, just would not work in my opinion. So yeah, no, I, I certainly yeah. don't want his own show because I don't want that like you know whole no. CGI effect thing to uh, be a thing that we just need to stare at twenty four seven. They just replace um, actors with CG. This isn't something that we've talked about really since we talked about it the first time, uh, as far as the Mandalorian yeah. finale goes. I've talked to you about this in private, Michael, is that I have sort of come around yeah. on the criticisms that we had when we first reviewed the finale. In that I have, yeah. I have, I have much. come around in that that. that that final scene not is i mean i was never in doubt that it was amazing and i love to see it and i was weak in the knees when i when i first uh, reacted to it um yeah. but now it's actually starting to make more sense to me as to why that was a reasonable way for the show to end um but anyway getting uh-huh. back to luke as a character right um 
I would love yeah. to see him in small doses in a show like Ahsoka. I think that in throughout uh, with all of the shows that we have announced, I think that uh, Ahsoka is the only one that makes sense for him to be in because it's a very because um, that's the one where you're going to get like lightsabers weekly, you know, because <laughs> it's Ahsoka's yeah. Ahsoka is. Ahsoka's Ahsoka. She has lightsaber. She has the force. So, yeah, she has lightsaber. Yeah. To, so to see Luke again would be awesome. Um, uh, to see Luke again would be awesome again, but in uh, small doses. An interesting and, idea. Yes. Hopefully, Depending on how... Oh, sorry. Hopefully in a way where they can uh, do some tweaking and do some improvements on that CGI. Um, yeah. Because that's, a, cause that's in, something relating idea. to our yeah. uh, previous criticism that I stand firm on and my opinion hasn't changed is um, how I'm really not a fan of the way he looked. Um, obviously, you can't make it be perfect, but I've definitely seen better interpretations of it by like just YouTubers, you know? Like, it can't be that hard. Um, but yeah. Yeah, like, you you can try and like improve it in like small doses and controlled things, but an interesting idea addressing that idea of CGI is, um, well, I think... Like, I, I personally, like, in terms of what I've seen online and how they addressed it, it was probably closer to being, like, an, a mix of both a deep fake and, like, edita- editing as opposed to it clearly wasn't a CGI, like, model that they just put on his head or, or anything like that. But uh, it's it's clear that it's very hard to, like, bring this character, this actor that they don't have at that age anymore to being the character that we know so well as one of the most iconic Star Wars characters, and it just doesn't look right. Um we don't. I don't know necessarily if it's been stated. I don't think it has that when Ahsoka is set, it's likely to be very soon after uh, the uh, the Mandalorian. But it would be interesting if we did see Ahsoka like go longer, further down the line, as like Luke gets closer to his last Jedi appearance. Possibly, you could just have Mark Hamill just as he is appear, maybe slightly aged down. Like you don't necessarily have to go directly after Return of the Jedi Luke because we have already seen that once and so the appeal of like seeing him as we know him 100% like there is was really cool but like we've already had that now so maybe if we want to get like a Luke that's closer to the one we see in uh, Last Jedi or Force Awakens where maybe in his early Jedi Temple training days like I think we could get away with that not necessarily having to have like a much younger Luke that we did have I guess it all depends on when Ahsoka is set and if they do show up at the same time yeah um, but getting back to Ezra for a bit, I suppose, like, you know, just thinking about the, you know, you, you, you talked about, uh, you know, when this could be set. Um, let's mm. just assume that the Ahsoka series and like when it starts will be set, uh, very shortly after her episode in, uh, the Ahsoka series. Cause it's not like she asks where is Grand Admiral Thrawn and then doesn't act yep. on that information for like another few years. Um, so we also know that Ezra and Luke are the same age. Uh, well, actually, Ezra's a day older than Luke because uh, Luke was because Ezra was born on Empire Day and Luke was born the yep. day after. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, which makes him nineteen twenty three, twenty three, twenty four around the around the time that Ahsoka uh, would take place. Yeah. Um, and Mina Masood is. I just had it up on my phone. Here it is. He is. Uh, he's twenty nine, so he's the right age. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's the right age to portray that kind of uh, character, and obviously physically he's a spitting image for him. Um, especially if you like, you know, sort of slicked his hair back and did what you needed to to make him look like Ezra. You know, give him the orange jumpsuit, give him that sort of thing, um, which is great. Mm. And you know, Ezra has a green lightsaber, and as you know, Michael, I am all for green lightsabers. So uh, to see more of them would be awesome. Uh, very cool. Um, I think so. Yeah, it's. It's a, like, I guess to, like, kind of bring it all together, like, I think the casting opportunity, like, if it is true, like, again, it's like a rumor, it's not 100% confirmed, but I think it would be great, 
it'd be a great um character to bring back i think a good actor to portray the the look the, oh that's one the look of this character that we uh that we recognize and so i think yeah out of anyone to bring back from either rebels or previous things ezra would be such a great pick but terms of not necessarily because the character is 100 our favorite but it's a character that like we haven't really fully explored their story, their their role their, in the universe, their arc. But also, it's a character we really, aside from Luke, who I don't really want to see much more of, don't really have anyone like really right now. Because, like, Jedis are rare in the universe. And he, he's, like, a, a, a younger Jedi. Like, he was only trained by someone who was trained to be, like, the level of a Padawan. So he's inexperienced. But I think uh, seeing an older Ezra, like, kind of... Um, a more like street smart Jedi who hasn't really fully trained and is a lot more like a maybe like a cocky or I don't know what you would use to describe him. Like that would be like an interesting dynamic to add to the Star Wars world of characters that we currently have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and I think that's a good way to end the discussion, I suppose, is um, Mina Masood as uh, Ezra. Um, if it is true, bring it on. If it's not, you know, Someone will play him. <laughs> and I think it's a very high ch- good mm. chance that we're going to see him in live action given where Ahsoka seems to be going as far as uh, setting up her show and what we saw of her in The Mandalorian. Uh, and yeah, guys, that, like I said, brings the discussion to a close and brings this episode to a close, I suppose. Um, I kind of like that we're getting, you know, succinct uh, hour-long discussions uh, going. Um, I feel like it's better for Michael and I and the viewers. Um, so, uh, there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope you enjoyed our topics. Um, yeah. So the time codes for these discussions will be available in the description, uh, below. Uh, Michael, did you, is there anything you wanted to say? Uh, anything more you wanted to say on that last discussion? Uh, last discussion? No, I, th- I think we covered it well. Like, there's only so much we can get out of, like, a basic news of either, like, a casting or an announcement of, like, a date or whatnot. But I think, yeah, just the, the prospect of, like, the Star Wars things happening in the future and, like, the way it's both exploring new content but also bringing back things from previous content that people love that may not have been fully explored. I think that's just such an uh, exciting prospect that I can't wait for. Yeah, you know, so I'm I, definitely excited. I think that's... I think, good news. It's all-round good Star Wars news. I think that's a good thing that we're doing is we're taking... We're, we're not really focusing on the news itself. We're taking the news that we get and making... And, um, and uh, using that to create a discussion, um, which I think is, a, is, a, is hopefully a process that works and hopefully... You you guys are down for it. Uh, so yes, like I said, the diff- the time codes for these uh, three discussions will be in the description of this video. Uh, sorry, not video, podcast, episode. Uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're all there. Uh, find us and uh, talk to us about what you want to see. Uh, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We'll be back next week for whatever comes our way and maybe some, uh, hopefully, uh, I think we've got it lined up. We're going to have a guest next week. Um, one of our good mates who is mm, a Star Wars yes. fan. Uh, so stay tuned for that. You're going to have an extra voice to listen to next week. Uh, yeah. and that, I, I mean, think... definitely we're excited to bring back, so to bring on lots of guests. Yeah. So whether it be our friends or whether it be fellow Star Wars fanatics out in the world, it's just always good fun bringing people on to talk about Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you enjoy all the episodes that are to come. Stay Star Warsy, and we'll see you next week. Michael, is there anything else you want to say? <laughs> Every time. Every time. <laughs> You're not letting that drop. Uh, yes, well of course, my notorious uh, catchphrase that Jack won't let die. Stay Star Warsy, everyone. Yeah, stay Star Warsy, everyone. We will see you next uh, We will see you next week. Have a great week. May the Force be with you. This has been Telling Tell the Deals. Deals.